Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. And welcome in to another Mackie and Judd with Rami quarantine happy hour. And this is a special post WrestleMania edition of the quarantine happy hour with Phil Mackie, Rami Makloff. And substituting for Judd Zolgad tonight, fellow wrestling nerd and aficionado Declan Goff hanging out with us here. And as always, on the bottom of the screen, if you are sipping on a drink tonight and you're hanging out at home during this quarantine, you can always tip your Minnesota service people at scorenorth.com slash tips, where you will be able to tip a random Minnesota person in the service industry uh, first and foremost, Rami Makhlouf, this was the first time you've watched WrestleMania in what, like 20 years? Something like that. When was Hogan versus Rock? That was 02, I think. Yeah, that was the last time I watched a WrestleMania. So a lot has changed since the last <laughs> time you watched WrestleMania. We now have oh, yeah. Firefly Funhouse matches. What What happened? What was that? What What was that supposed to be? What did I, was What was I missing? No, I was making dinner while that match was going on, and the TV isn't quite in sight of the stove, so I was like moving back and forth and trying to pay attention. But what, did I miss something? Was I supposed to be that confused during that match? What What was happening? What happened? <laughs> what did I watch? What was that? Declan, why don't you take a stab at that one? Man, I'm I'm still trying to process it, too. I feel like... It was them trying to take us down like memory lane and nostalgia. Cause like you saw Saturday night main event stuff. You saw WCW stuff. And then to kind of tag team for a pun intended on what they did with Taker and Styles. I think they're just trying to show off basically that they can do more than just wrestling matches and they can do these weird, unique things. Now what it was and how we like dissolve it or, or, or try to digest there- it. Was there I don't know what it was. Was there a winner at the end? What happened? I believe – so here's my interpretation of it, all right? My interpretation is that Bray Wyatt won the match. Why do we have to interpret things? This is wrestling. <laughs> but it's There's not. There's one, two, three, or you tap, or whatever. But you they fall can't, off the ladder. Thing, like, what they, happened? They can't just like They can't just roll out – Six hours of regular – I mean, they rolled out a good four hours of regular matches in, inside empty arenas. And so I actually love the creative risks they took with the Undertaker match and the John Cena-Bray Wyatt match. Because if you try to hold those matches inside of just an empty arena 
and have it be a regular, you know, one-off thing, it to me it doesn't then why even have the match? I think they went out, took a risk with both of those, and I actually really found them entertaining. I don't know if you could ever do it again because if people pay, like if you put 80,000 people in a stadium and those people all pay 150 bucks for their tickets, like you have to have that match in front of that sure. audience. Yeah. But my interpretation of the Firefly Funhouse match was they basically just wanted to go through like the history of John Cena for 20 years and have it be like, his nightmare playing out in that would explain why I hated it because I've never <laughs> been a John Cena guy. <laughs> John Cena literally made me stop watching wrestling. I told you guys this story. He came down to the the very first time he came down to the ring on SmackDown, rapping with a giant jersey on of some sort and his hat on backwards and, and a huge chain. I was like, "Yep, that's it for me." And I changed the channel and literally never came back. I didn't just change the channel for the night. I changed the channel and just never came back. See, that's what the doctor of thugonomics, Rami, who you're referring wow. to. I'm about to uh, hang up. I'm about to change the channel on you, Declan. That is, uh, that's who got me back into wrestling after wow. I bailed like in wow. 2000, 2001. So that was my generation's first like comeback, I think, into wrestling was what but, John Cena but did. But here's the thing. If you don't like John Cena, and I've never been a huge John Cena guy either, I just think there's something sort of oddly over the top and corny about him, even though he's been one of the biggest grinders in wrestling history. And so like credit for him just being on the road for 15 years, but also like we don't need to be wearing jorts in 2020 anymore. <laughs> no, but if you're an anti John Cena guy, you basically just saw him get punked at WrestleMania tonight in some Did weird I? skit. Is that what happened? He got beat, I really he got beat don't, in the don't end. know what happened. I legitimately do not know what I witnessed. Now maybe there'll be some kind of like, blog post tomorrow fully I might have to go back and watch it again and like focus and see if there was some kind of thread to follow because I did there was no thread for me to follow so yeah I just kind of feel and quickly like I just kind of feel like it's their new thing like it's going to be their new Saturday Night Live like these weird pre-taped skits I think it's like a placeholder of what's to come I think in future wrestling events well if like what if let me go down this path for a second here because they did it they did it last night and they did it tonight with two different big matches Okay, what now that we're not going to have crowds in arenas for several months potentially? Like could you just take all of your big wrestling storylines and turn them into mini movies? Like the blow-off feuds are just mini movies now, like we saw. Would that do anything for you guys? Cuz no. No. I love I I got to be honest, I love the Undertaker AJ Styles one last night. I thought that was I mean, way better than Undertaker plotting around in an actual like live match for 15 minutes. I tweeted this and it was like worlds colliding because we're doing Rewind Mania every Monday on Score North Live weekdays noon to 2. It's me and a rotating cast with Score North personalities doop to do go get the app. But and on and on Fridays we do Action Movie Rewind on Mackie and Judd with Rami weekdays 4 to 6 Score North app totally free. And it was like worlds colliding because that was like the worst action move. That was like the last 10, 15 minutes of the worst action movie that's been made in the last decade or so. And that's that's what we witnessed between The Undertaker and AJ Styles last night. I'm not sure what we witnessed tonight in the Bray Wyatt-John uh, Cena match. But last night, that was like, that was just 10, that was the closing scene of the worst action movie made in the last decade. That's what that was. Major, major lack of social distancing when the Druids came out of the barn, too, by the way. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that shed was. Yeah, really. Yeah. And, I hope they and, all, How about Grant winning the 24-7 champ? 
the 24-7 championship with a major lack of social distancing, too. Also a lack of social distancing. I or hope Bray they're Wyatt, at that barn for two weeks. Bray Wyatt sticking a mandible claw down John Cena's mouth, too, uh, for the end of submission as well. So that's a really good social distancing move as well. A little athlete, yeah. athlete challenge. Yeah. If Bray Wyatt had corona, John Cena definitely has corona, <laughs> for sure. And if you're anti-John Cena, then maybe that's the solace that you No, have. I don't want him to get Corona. I don't dislike him that much. <laughs> um, all right. So what was of this, this two-night WrestleMania extravaganza in front of an empty arena with Gro- Rob Gronkowski hosting? What was your high point in your mind? Like what was the thing that, that had your attention the most? And what was the most throwaway thing in your minds? Um. I, I really liked the Taker Styles thing. Like you said, I didn't know it was going to be like this essential action film. And even though it wasn't your typical wrestling match, I thought they promoted it really, really well. And I had a lot of high hopes for a lot of the matches. Um, I kind of think outside of the Bailey and SmackDown Elimination Chamber match, I had a lot of high hopes for the women's matches because that's kind of been their thing this last few years. And to be honest, outside of that Bailey match, I kind of thought the women's matches were duds. Really? I didn't really think that. Yeah, I didn't like – I thought the Becky Lynch um, fight was way too short. I thought that was only like 10 minutes long, and I was expecting a little bit more of, of a lengthier match. Um, I, I think Ripley and Flair did, a, did really well too, but I expected – I don't know. I didn't expect Flair to win. I thought they were going to be pushing NXT so much that they would have they would have Ray Ripley actually come out on top. Um I, I guess it was more the results as someone who loves who loves a certain amount of wrestlers that I wanted them to win. So maybe that's a little bias involved. But I thought the women's matches in general were a little disappointing. So I, I really oh, go ahead, Ron. Go ahead, Mac. Okay. No, no, you go ahead. So I thought I th- I think Charlotte Flair is one of the best performers of the last ten years, men or women. Yeah. Uh, I just think she's I think she's awesome. I think the fact that she can do pretty much anything in a ring that most men can is. Uh, I mean, it, it helps elevate women's wrestling to the level it's been at the last couple of years. Uh, I, I thought the low point, um, I thought the low point was probably all the weird Gronk stuff that they were forcing. Like, he's not going to so be, he's not gonna be good at this. He's good. not good on a microphone. Just because he has energy and he's kind of fun, he's not good on a microphone. Uh, maybe he'll be able to work in a ring, but like, if you can't, like his speaking moments were very limited and pre-taped, and even then, it was like he could barely form a sentence. So I, I said it. I said it when they announced that. I said, "Have you ever have you ever turned on your TV and said, oh, good, Gronk is talking?' Yeah, <laughs> that's never happened. That's never happened. I don't know who thought hiring Gronk to talk was a good idea. That's it's not a good idea. And I don't think he, I don't think he can wrestle either. Like. I know, I know NFL players have come and gone through professional wrestling before, and he could have maybe a quick short arc or storyline like some other guys have, but he can't be like a permanent fixture in wrestling, can he, as a wrestler? I don't know, man. Like, he just, I, I just feel like you need to have, you need to have more of a deep thinking ability on a microphone to be a superstar, but maybe that's not what they want him to be. Maybe they just want, his name and his profile for a year or a year and a half, and they're just going to use him. Like, I, I like. Can you ever like? For, what's he going to wear in the ring too? Is he going to wear like a football uniform? Is he going to wear a singlet? Is he going to wear like just the trunks? I don't know. Oh man, I, I don't want to see it. Whatever it is, I don't want to see it. I have yeah, no he interest. Was, in he it. was he was disappointing. I it, it was everything I thought Gronk would be. I mean, he was he's awkward. 
were on the Fox NFL set when they did it over the divisional round. Like, yeah. that was painful to get through. Yeah. You put him in wrestling stuff. No, I wasn't good either. Yeah. He's awkward talking about football. That's the yeah. only thing Gronk should be good at talking about, <laughs> and he's bad at it. Yeah. My other low point, I am so sick of watching the same Brock Lesnar match for the last six years. I mean, like, literally every match is the same. Yes. It's, you know, someone comes out hot and either kicks out of his finisher or he kicks out of their finisher, and then he does five or up to 20 German suplexes, takes the opponent to suplex C, <laughs> uh, and then he delivers a couple F5s and the opponent kicks out, and then and then if he's going to get beat, it takes, like, 19 different stabs at that guy's finisher. And so, like, really cool story in Drew McIntyre completing, what, almost a decade run? I don't know who team. that is. I don't know who that guy Drew McIntyre came in, like, I want to say 2011. And Vince McMahon rarely does this. Vince McMahon, on an episode of Monday Night Raw, brings Drew McIntyre into the ring as, like, a newcomer and introduces him to the audience as the future of the WWE as a way to, like, you know, push him over the top. He wound up toiling for three or four years as part of a faction called Three Man Band with like these just like three dudes who got their asses kicked in every match. I think I remember Three Man Band. It was yeah. it was really bad. And uh and then he left and and went on and did some independent wrestling and toured around the world, came back and now he is he's much more focused. He's better on the microphone. He's a lot bigger than he was nine years ago. So I thought like giving giving a non old stale wrestler the spotlight at the end is good, but I'm just so sick of watching the same Brock Lesnar match six times every single year. Like, let's just please be done with it. Is that the match Roman Reigns was supposed to be in? Was he was he supposed to be going against Brock Lesnar tonight? He was supposed to go against Goldberg last night. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so. it's the same. It's the same thing every time with Brock, and that's why it was so disappointing when um when they launched SmackDown on Fox and essentially ruined this great Kofi Kingston run that they had going for him. And it's the same thing over and over again. I tweeted out for the match. This is going to be quick. It's going to be five minutes because that's what Brock Lesnar matches are. They're just five minutes long. And you look at the career trajectory and yeah, he's like one of the more dominating superstars ever, but he's horrible on the microphone. He's now so predictable that I think even the fans don't like him anymore. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that every, I said this last year too, when Seth Rollins beat him, like I was hoping that was the end of the Brock Lesnar era in WWE. Just kind of like I'm hoping Goldberg's little every other year pop up thing. I hope that's done as well. Um, but I, I know what you mean. I, I, I kind of hope that this whole suplex thing is done. The only thing I'd be disappointed about is Paul Heyman would not be on the microphone. And God, do I love me some Paul? I do Heyman. like Paul Heyman. Oh, he's I'm, just a, the I'm best. a big fan of Paul Heyman. He's just the best. Yeah, Paul Heyman's one of the greatest manager mic talkers of all time in wrestling. Right? Absolutely, no doubt. 100%. It's yeah. him, Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart from back in the day. Pretty damn good. Yeah, they're really a good. Others. I think my high point, I thought the Edge Randy Orton last man standing match was like had a ton of potential on paper because it's Edge's first match in what nine years or ten years. But I thought that match first of all, it was like a forty minute match, which felt unnecessary. It felt oh, like yeah. it went on forever. Yeah. They were horrible. just like kind of bashing each other's heads into the wall for like twenty minutes, you know? Yeah. That's another one I was making my masterpiece of a dinner tonight, and I uh, wasn't paying that close of attention to. But I was, I kept on turning around and being like, man, this still those two guys, huh? Yeah. And he's getting his head thrown into a wall again, huh? All right. Yeah, cool. He's probably going to have some CTE problems at the end. For of it, sure. So. Yep. Yeah. 
I thought it was way, way too long. Um, and because there's no fans there, every and this is true for all the matches, not just them, but the grunting, which is like more severe than more awkward to listen to because it's just two dudes grunting at each other for like yeah. 25, 40 minutes. Yeah, it and weird. it felt it felt weird. Like obviously that's probably happening all the time. You don't <laughs> notice it because of crowd noise and announcers and all that stuff. But it felt very strange. It didn't feel like I was watching a wrestling match. If, Especially uh, when uh, there was a couple times where he was like, he like had him in a hold and he was like telling him how much he loved him. And I was like, yeah. Dude, what is, what is even happening right now? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm watching. I'm so really I not think, sure. I think part of that is like, I felt awkward. So I felt like that should be a moment between them. But where you're being put in a tough spot here is you're jumping in watching your first WrestleMania without knowing the storylines. Right. And yeah. by the way, Jonathan yeah. Harrison watched WrestleMania tonight. Hey, hey guys. He Harrison joins us here too. And so the storyline leading up to that match was twofold. It was one, Edge coming back for the first time in like a decade. And then Randy Orton as his longtime friend. Randy Orton, the, the, the logic is twisted here, but Randy Orton took Edge out with a chair shot to the head a few weeks ago in order to prevent Edge from doing further damage to his body and his right. neck in a wrestling He doesn't want him to right. get hurt, so he beat the he crap out of him for 40 minutes him, right. and told him how much he loved him. Right. And his family, okay. exactly. Yeah, and his family. Makes, <laughs> Makes total tons sense. of sense. <laughs> Makes all the sense in the world. But I honestly think my high point was the Undertaker-AJ Styles match. I just, like, when it, when, it, when it first started and you could sort of tell, all right, and by the way, credit to Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy invented this style of production for, mm-hmm. for matches three or four years ago with Impact. So I thought it was a huge risk. I thought it worked well, and it it did a better job making the Undertaker not look like a fifty three year old broken down man because they could like cut it and edit it as opposed to him running out of gas in a ring after eight minutes. So I thought that was cool, and I wouldn't mind them doing that all the time for the Undertaker. Did he go out there? Be like, let's say, let's say we're taking this seriously, and that that was a real situation, right? This wasn't something that was arranged and fixed. Does that mean that the Undertaker went out beforehand and met with the pyrotechnic technics people, and he was like, "All right, look, now when I do this, I want all the fire to go up in the air." And and he and he went and met with the headstone guy and or the that's, the gravestone that's guy. That's cocky, and, by the way. And like, had it carved. It had AJ Styles' name and year and years lived carved into it. I mean. There was a lot of prep beforehand for The Undertaker, if we are to take this seriously and believe that this was a real situation. I mean, how confident are you to to engrave your opponent's name in the gravestone before the match starts, you know? I've done it. <laughs> My gravestone is in the parking lot. Right like, golf. Score North Live, twenty twenty to twenty twenty. Uh, Jonathan Harrison, what were your high and low points for WrestleMania this weekend? Uh the high point. I have no idea what the hell we watched in the Firefly Funhouse, but I'm here Thank for you. it. I loved it. Really? It was, Am I it was all, all, I'm all alone on this? Yeah. No, it was all sorts of trippy and just weird. And it, I have no idea what was going on, but I loved every second of it. Uh, there was coming up with a low point. It's, I think we, we texted about it last night. Just the lack of energy from the small empty arena. I think it would have been better if they just went the AEW route and just went in, went inside an empty big arena. Just a regular, like, just go inside an empty Target Center and just do it there. It would have felt at least like a bigger WrestleMania than what this didn't feel like. 
Yeah, with no crowd, we it, we were re- literally just watching grown-ups pretend fight. That's what, <laughs> yeah. we, that's what we just put six hours into, is grown-ups pretend fighting in a big empty room with I a think, giant ceiling I, fan. I think another high point, though, because of the empty arena and the, em- the empty performance center, getting to hear all of the interactions in the ring and, like, twofold, getting to hear, like, the referee and, like, the role that they try to play. But, yeah. but the wrestlers... You know, or, ordinarily they wouldn't mic the rings to the point where you can hear everything because you don't, they don't want you to be able to hear them calling moves to each other, right? But for this, with no crowd noise, they know that everything they say is going to be picked up. And so I thought it was kind of cool that, like, they could, there are certain matches where, you know, the, what they were saying to the opponents in the ring would sort of like make, you know, enhance the story of, of the match. And, I wonder if there's a way where they could just tell them, listen, I know you guys have to call moves to each other, but we're going to mic the ring up like crazy so that you can have full access to what everyone's saying. So I, don't, I, I, thought, the, I thought it was kind of cool. I liked the smack talk that we we never really get to hear because there's always too much of a crowd like around the wrestlers when they're wrestling. And because there wasn't this time, you could actually hear them like smack talking each other in the middle of the match, which is kind of a different element that we've never gotten before. I like when they would come out and, like, do their regular pre-match routine and play to the crowd where there right. was no crowd, and they just looked like crazy people. They are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I love the... Uh... Pointing up to Gronk and the belt. Yeah. yeah, Gronk's just watching. Um, I love the Seth Rollins-Kevin Owens talk, like, talking smack, because it was, like, and there's some things I can't even say on here, but it was very visible, like... Seth Rollins would just be like, Kevin Owens, you fat piece of blank. Like, I don't care who you are. I thought that was great. I I thought those two actually did really well. In terms of the non-title matches, actually, I would say that was probably one of the bigger and better matches. That was my favorite match of the night. I had never seen Kevin Owens before. And that dude, Declan and I were exchanging tweets about this earlier. He does things that a guy his size should not be doing. And that's something I appreciate in any sport. Is big boys doing big things, and Kevin Owens, he's going off the top rope, doing back somersaults, splashes. He's also, he does it all, man. He's also the big first fan. wrestler since Stone Cold Steve Austin to use the stunner as a finisher. Yeah. Isn't that Stone Cold's move? Didn't he invent that move? Can somebody else just use the stunner? It feels weird. It does feel weird. That was it, the one thing I didn't really like about Kevin Owens. It's an aggressive play, yeah, and he just started using it in the last year or year and a half, I want to say. Does he have Stone Cold's blessings? Did they did they discuss it over Coors Lights? I think he does. I'm not 100 percent sure though. I'm sure maybe I gotta imagine he had to approach and like ask the Godfather in a way for his blessing to use the Stone Cold Stunner because he also does the Frog Splash too. I mean, you're right that the the Stunner is so unique because you probably we don't we take for granted how many moves that are actually recycled from superstar to superstar, but because the Stunner is so like significant. I think I think I like it. It reminds me of Stone Cold. So I'm. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to check in with Jake the Snake before you use the DDT. (laughs) That's a well. That's that's a popularly used uh, move. But the the stunner was invented by Stone Cold, to my knowledge. Also, you know, think about how much better Jake the Snake Roberts was at the DDT than everybody else, and that he would just plant your ass in the middle of the ring once, and like the match was over. You're done. Now, like Randy Orton will use the DDT on Edge on the top of a steel truck trailer and like yeah. edge just gets up like nothing happened so you know maybe they should take some lessons from jake roberts on how to really plant an opponent's skull into the it's almost like none of it makes sense <laughs> it's crazy well regardless though 
the next Monday Night Raw, Rami, usually the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania is always pretty darn good. And even though oh, I, all, it'll I, be in an empty arena, I'm still going to watch it. I can't. I mean, <laughs> you're, all, you're all out. After five hours of WrestleMania, yeah, dude, I just gave hours. six hours of my life to that. The only <laughs> so, reason, I, the only what reason, what else are you going to give six hours to this weekend? The only reason important. I haven't finished Ozark is because of WrestleMania. Right? <laughs> That's the only reason I'm not done with Ozark. So, what is it like? What are I want to give Rami some grounds to to explore here because this is the most modern wrestling he's watched since basically since the Attitude Era, right? Yeah. So, like, what are the things that you dislike the most about? Today's, I mean, except for the fact that it's in an empty arena, so it's just different all around. But, like, what are the things that you don't like now that were better when when you were most captivated? I want two things from wrestling. I want two things and two things only from wrestling. Mic skills and bloody violence. That's all I want from wrestling. And I saw, like, of how. by the way, how many titles are there? That was a question I meant to ask you guys. How many titles are there in this thing? But we can answer. You know what? We have an, all of Rewind Mania tomorrow on Score North Live to answer questions that I have. But I saw a handful of people of the 50 or so people that were on those two cards combined. I saw maybe a handful of people who had mic skills or some promise in terms of mic skills. Yeah. And they've really just tamed down the violence. And it doesn't. it's not enough for me. How, how many people bled? We had two nights of WrestleMania. How many people bled? One? Did we have one person bleed? I think we only had, like, Randy Orton's shoulder got cut open, and that was pretty much it, right? And that was pretty much it. But this is, so, this is my contradictory theory on that. First of all, they've scaled blood back a lot in the last... How does nobody bleed in a how-many-man ladder match? You had how many guys and how many ladders? Nobody bleeds? Yeah. How's that? That's not even... Well, How's that even here's possible? my theory. So, first of all, they've cut way back on the bleeding period. They've brought it back a little bit in the last few years, and sometimes it can be like a guy gets busted the hard way, which is what happens in Brock Lesnar matches because he's just, like, reckless. But but here's what I think. They probably figured – I mean, there's a couple things like a Firefly, a Funhouse match, a Boneyard match, a Falls Count Anywhere match. Like, ordinarily, you'd get a little blood in one of those matches, even in today's WWE. But then they're probably thinking, well – we don't want a guy bleeding all over the place because, you know, coronavirus and COVID-19, right? Mm-hmm. And if that was their logic, think about how many things We're happened. being responsible now. Now we're being responsible. Right. Exactly. exactly. Is that why Paul Heyman didn't get on the mic to introduce Brock because they didn't want to share mics? Is that why? Maybe. I don't know. That's the only reason I could think of. They can't get him a separate mic? It was weird, wasn't it? That it felt a Brock, little rushed. It felt a little rushed. Paul Heyman wasn't the guy introducing him? Yeah, I didn't think about that in the moment, but it is a little odd. Yeah. So, well, final thoughts from you guys before we really do a dive into this for Mania Rewind at 12.30 tomorrow on Score North and the Score North app. Uh, final thoughts on seven hours of WrestleMania action in front of no fans. It was seven, wasn't it? I said six before. They took seven hours of my life. It was like seven hours of my weekend. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, I it, honestly, if I'm being totally honest, it wasn't as bad or as unenjoyable as I thought it would be. That's my final takeaway. We'll take for that. Tonight. Yeah, we'll it wasn't that. as bad as I thought it would be. I, I dug it. It's WrestleMania. It's always like one of my favorite days of the year. It, like Rami said, it wasn't as bad as I thought it could be. Um, but without fans, I mean, this is a sport and entertainment or whatever you want to call it that needs 
its fans. I remember go, like going to a wrestling event within the last few years, and I didn't know that when you slam someone on the mat, there's a sound effect that they pump through the speakers that echoes throughout the stadium, and then that's also picked up on the TV. Like there's things that you don't realize when you go there as a fan that you never, if, if you hadn't gone before, and, and that always blew my mind. So the fact that there wasn't fans there, it, it's really hard for them to really sell it. And, and it stinks to like guys like Drew McIntyre have waited 10 years for a WWE title shot. Basically, I mean, he gets his moment, but it's in front of no one. Yeah. I think because there was no fans and everybody knew that going in, there was low expectations. And I think with the low expectations I had going in, I think they exceeded them, but that's not really that high of a bar to, to clear with this. But I thought it was an enjoyable six or seven hours. There were moments where it was down, but overall, I thought it was fun. Yeah, I would say my expectations, considering the circumstances, were very, very low, and WrestleMania surpassed my expectations. Am I going to go back? Is it going to be one of those WrestleManias? Like, we're doing these Mania Rewinds on Score North Live, right? And there's a bunch. We're going to go through 30-plus years of WrestleManias throughout the summer, and there's so many matches within those that I will absolutely go watch back. Like, I, I will gleefully go watch back. Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania 6, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, WrestleMania 14, like all kinds of different matches. I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna, it, it, to me, it's just too weird to go back and watch an empty arena WrestleMania. So I don't know if there's anything on here other than the or Undertaker, watch AJ Wyatt Styles, and John thing. Cena run around a fun house. Like the only reason I would watch that back is to figure out, okay, what, what was this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happened? In like five, ten years, we're all going to look back and be like, what what, what happened again at WrestleMania? And that's going to be why we watch it, not because of a memorable match. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Well, that's a wrap on this edition of the Mackie and Jeb with Rami Quarantine Happy Hour. And remember, this link down here, just type that into your browser, scorenorth.com slash tips. Scorenorth.com slash tips. Click it. And it'll take you to a local... Minnesota-based website where you can tip random Minnesota service people. So if you're pouring a drink that ordinarily somebody might pour for you, throw a little dollar in the virtual tip jar. What do we got there, Black Cherry? Obviously, the number one White Claw. Yeah, White Claw for sure. Yeah, it's uh, if grape if grapefruit gets hit by the Firefly Funhouse bus, then yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's wow for sure. Okay, I'm gonna F five your White Claw take. So yeah, let's. And I'm gonna kick out. Around. I'm gonna kick out yeah. three times. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's a wrap for uh rami declan jonathan i'm phil Mackey. we'll see you guys on the score north tomorrow later this holiday whether you're making a baker's simple truth turkey for 40 or a murray's baked brie for two bakers has fast fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.